Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good, and then we head to the spoiler floor, where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. But all those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive, thus the explicit rating. So consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned. <laughs> now, take a seat, buckle up, buttercup. It's time to begin. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Two Groans and a Book with myself, Shell, and... And myself, Annette. And my normal, which seems to be my latest thing. <laughs> so many episodes before I get bored or forget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this episode is a review um, and it is called The Book Eaters by Sunny Dean. Um, I'm not sure if I've pronounced that right. If I pronounced it incorrectly, I apologise. But it's S-U-N-Y-I. And it's from published by Harper Voyager. Voyage? Voyager. Annette. This was this was your suggestion, and I'm I'm going to have to say I, I think what we should do is confirm that we are going to follow normal format. So we'll do light spoilers and spoiler floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Annette, this was your choice. It was it was pretty. It was a pretty good choice, Annette. I bet it was a pretty surprising one for me as well for you, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, you know what? Because the whole thing for me was. I was going to go into this new year with when it came to book selections because I've I've said before in a previous episode I felt we got quite stagnant with the style of books we were reading. Um yeah, we were gravitating very much to trashy horror. Yeah, but it was all like there wasn't so much I mean it was very horror light. Yes. Um so last time obviously we had the gruesome fairy tales which was the opposite freaking yeah. end of horror. We went proper extreme. What I needed at the time, I had a lot of aggression post Christmas, uh, <laughs> so it was a perfect remedy. Thank you, Annalee Adams. Um, but this time, I um, we we did have um, something lined up, and I I read the synopsis and I listened to some of the sample of mm-hmm. the of the um, audio book, and it just you know it was like it's it's just not doing anything you wasn't feeling it no and it was like because i had that buzz after gruesome fairy tales just because it was just something different Mm -hmm. from what we've been doing yeah um i i went through the list of books that we had pre-decided for the rest of the year and book eaters just completely jumped out at me because on initial reading it kind of falls out of my comfort zone yep um, because as as a, I honestly, and I'm not going to lie, I did look, I bet there's a fucking map at the beginning of this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have a very slight fantasy feel to it, doesn't it? It does. When you initially read what it's, uh, the synopsis, mm. and then you listen to the sample that they have on Audible. Yeah. But, that, but the sample on Audible was what swung me. because right. Because... Um, the narrator is a Yorkshire woman, or at least does a very good Yorkshire accent. Yeah. And it felt very um, grounded almost in a mix of reality and fantasy. Yes. And I've that's kind of like my happy spot when it comes to fantasy. And we've not really done a fantasy book before. No, no, I, I, I love a bit of fantasy. And I know you do. Honey. Love a map. <laughs> so, so I thought now was the time to ease my way in to the fantasy realm to kind of broaden our spectrum. Yes. And I think this is actually the perfect book to start that for someone who really isn't into fantasy in in book form. In Movies, book form. yes, but in books, I struggle. Yeah. So I think this was the perfect balance for me. And this is a, a, a debut novel as well. Yes. Um, but it, it's quite, I'm going to sh- going to show you, Annette, it's quite pretty. So it's not even, it's so new that it's not even out on paperback yet. 
So I had to get the hard copy, and I don't know if you can see in it. It's it's gorgeous. So it's it's quite nice. It feels nice too. I haven't had a book that felt nice in ages. Well, let um, me tell you, that's something interesting about this because the author herself. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a background about her. She was born in the in the United States, raised in Hong Kong, yeah, um, and now currently resides in Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, she is on the autistic spectrum. Okay. Um, she has uh, so she's a big proponent of neurodiversity, very open about it. Yeah. She has two children herself uh, on uh, that have education, special educational needs mm-hmm. as well. So. Um, I think maybe I'm I'm hoping actually part of that the the feel of it is very much included mm. in that because yeah. we know um, sensory yes. feel is a big thing about neurodiversity and I don't know maybe that's part of it because I'm from a neurodiverse family as well having a yeah. child on the spectrum as well so maybe I don't know maybe that spoke to me a bit more about this so made it a bit mm. easier to get into it yeah. I think we should, I mean, what do you reckon about starting to dive in with the book? I mean, straight out the bat, I liked it. Oh, like I said, it's the soon, the second I heard that it was done in the, vo- the, the, the voice of the character I could imagine it being. Yes. Like the language, I'm, I'm, assuring, I'm assuming the language is right, but the, to hear someone do it, with a in a proper Yorkshire voice mm. from a from the point of view of someone from there was so refreshing. Even mm. though I've seen other reviews saying, oh, didn't like pronunciation, this, that, the other. It's yeah. it's it's a true dialect and it's true of yes. who that person would be. Someone who had been brought up in that area but not but in a more isolated version. Yes. Yeah. More traditional and, and historical because they're so isolated isn't it yeah yes so the whole premise is we have our main character devon yes and she is what is known as a book eater now book eaters coexist with mind eaters and they both have a shared uh we could call it like a faith or a religion yep um they live in like an alternative version of the two th- uh, like early 2000s i think yeah, this is yeah. a set around about and they live parallel to us mm. they believe that they were brought here by the was it the creator yep and they are get yeah. So they, yeah, the collector, no, the collector, that's sorry, that's his name. So they were brought here by the collector, which they believe is an alien being who brought them to this planet to retrieve information via books. And Mm. so those that are book eaters eat, uh, devour, eat the books, eat, literally eat the books, but they cannot write their own stories. Yeah. Um, or they lack imagination. Yeah. And uh, anyone who tries anything like that, it will make them sick, could yeah. possibly lead to death. And mind eaters gather their information by um, like almost like a vampiric bite and they will uh, liquefy part of the human brain to and devour their knowledge. Yeah. And this, there was lots of, for me, there was lots of parallels with um, what we know about vampires. You know, what what's presented to us in the movies and the books that we've read about vampires i i liked it there was a a like for the book eater we're not jumping too far ahead but when they eat their books so they look like us they've got normal teeth but when they go to eat their books because that's all they eat they um they have book teeth yes so their book teeth then extend to eat the books and it just that straight away made me think of, of fangs you know how many films have we seen with vampires where their fangs extend they're not ever present they extend yes um, there's also a couple of sections where some things happen, which we'll cover later. But when they die, they turn to, to dust. They turn to paper dust. Isn't that smoke? In, it just it's the way she describes those things, like when they're eaten, is beautiful. Yeah, so so good. But oh, but we'll get you, into that. Yeah. Yeah. If if you like vampires, the feel of vampires and that kind of of writing and storytelling and hiding in the shadows but trying to appear to blend in this this is this is a good book it's definitely it's kind of like vampires i would say almost meets handmaid's tale 
to an extent. <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah, because cause as you'll find out as we talk later on, but it's it's got to a point where their numbers have dwindled so much mm. because very rarely females are born of either um, mind or book eaters. Yes. Uh, there is, is far more men. Uh, mm. And the only way that they keep the families alive is if a daughter is born, yeah. they um, become a, a bride yeah. and they can have up to three Two marriages. It's uh, they, they have to do three years. So they do, it's like a, a, a four year contract, I think it is, where they go and get married and they have a baby and they can stay with the kid until the kid is three, up till the kid is three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go and then they have another marriage. So there's, these are all arranged. It's all about dowries. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can only have, they only have two marriages because they um, very early on become infertile. They get really, I think she refers to it as early onset menopause, like super, super young. Yeah. They say they very rarely live past 30. Um, if they can have children or if they do survive past it, they become aunties. Yes. That help then the, the new, the new mothers generation out their duration. Yeah. And they're encouraged not to bond with their children. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. But anyway, that's kind of the, the realm it's in. Yeah. So our main character then is Devon, who is a, considered a princess her family is based in yorkshire yeah and it is her story of going through this process but also dealing with other okay. issues that will come to light we don't want to give away obviously yeah. too much right now so you you jump into the now and where she is now Mm-hmm. But you, throughout the book, you get regular flashbacks of it what has led her to where she is now. Yes, it's a balance between her present day from her mm. childhood and leading up to the present. And the way that sounds quite clever, because there was a couple of things where I thought, oh, yeah, no, she's lined this up to be this. And she hadn't. She had lined something up, but she hadn't lined it up to be as obvious as you thought it was. So yeah. I would say it isn't a book that you should dismiss or easily underestimate it's not Definitely. yeah it's, it's not overly complex but there's enough in here for you to when you start it and because of what a comfortable read it is you could be arrogant enough to think oh i've got this i know where this is going and odds are you'll be wrong no definitely not it's oh no do you know what? i loved it i really thoroughly enjoyed this book me too um I mean, as Annette said, it starts off with present day uh, with Devon. Um, and I mean, the opening paragraph says, these days, Devon only brought three things from the shops, books, booze and sensitive care skin cream. <laughs> the book she ate, the brown booze she kept, kept her sane and the lotion was for Kai, her son. He suffered occasionally from eczema, especially in the winter. She, so straight away in the first paragraph, you realise she ate the books. The booze is suggests that there's some kind of trauma. And we know that she's got a son who suffers from eczema. So straight straight away, that one paragraph has lined you right up to think, what? Yeah, um, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you could go on and it carries on. But we first meet her and she's in a shop and she's trying to buy those three things. Um, and she gets ID'd, um, which is quite ironic for her because um, she's 29, I think it is. But she gets ID'd, gives her the hump. Um, she, you, you get to learn a bit more about her. Um, she goes on to say that one of the challenges as she is um, walking home, because it's really late at night, is to mimic people. Yes. And that kind of starts to line up that they've got extra um, skills, gifts, stealth-like. Um, so, I mean, she's got here, there's so many things to remember when she was out and around humans. Fraining cold was one of them. Uh, thinking of it, she drew her coat tight around her as if bothered by the chill. Walking with sound was another. She scuffed her feet with deliberate heaviness, grinding gravel and dust beneath her heels. So you straight away, she would be quiet, stealthless. She's immune to the elements. So you straight away start to think vampire, don't you? Absolutely, because that's so reminiscent of other vampire stories. It's like, I can't remember where it was from. It, I 
it might have been near dark i can't remember but it's the having to remember to breathe yeah. or pretend to breathe yeah but i mean that that was only well, that's only up to page two so already that's the kind of level that you, you you're getting um i do you know i actually think that because this starts and it just carries on consistently yeah i think we should just give our thumbs up thumbs down and then go to the spoiler floor oh definitely well it pff, come on it's like if i had an extra it'd be three thumbs up for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely I, I'd, I'd recommend it it was an easy read but not an easy read that should be underestimated i think it was easy because of the way that it was written um, it which was is always a good thing. It was so thought out and so thoroughly measured in every aspect. Yeah, and don't un if you're going to read this and not listen to the spoiler floor, don't underestimate it. There was initially I was I was a little bit oh it's a little bit young adulty maybe I know where this is going. That was my mistake, and I was I was I'm glad to admit it was a mistake because when I thought those things, and I thought I know what's going to happen and what this is being lined up for. I was completely wrong. Amazing. And for someone who reads a lot of that kind of, you know, those kind of stories, but is like amazing that, but she, you know, I went in so fresh off of this because like I said, I'm not into fantasy. If you are someone who wants to kind of get into the fantasy realm, you know, this is definitely a lovely gateway into it yeah because it's not hard hardcore fantasy you know there there's... is no struggle in this there's no like overcomplicated names i know a lot of people can be put off by character yeah. names and things like that no everything is nice and easy and straightforward and a modern day setting um it is with but yet with this fantasy realm but still in like a yeah. very recognizable world yeah, no, this is definitely a a dip your dip your toe in it. I, it's a it's a one hundred percent thumbs up from me. I really really enjoyed it. I would definitely be keeping my eye out for anything else that she drops. And for a debut novel, it's the only you know. It's I I hope that her next novel will match it. Oh, it could only get better from here. Yeah. Well, in that case, let's go to the spoiler floor. Let's go. So, if anybody doesn't want to to know any detailed spoilers. Uh, you need to, to go away and read the book and then come back. Yes, go, go, and come back. Okay. Hurry, hurry. Okay. Annette, get in the lift. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Next stop, the spoiler floor. Straight in the back. We've told you how we've met. We've met her at a shop. She got ID'd. She um, heads home. She has to remember to simulate humans. Um, she gets back to her flat, which she, she describes as quite dingy out of the way with the back entrance. Yeah. And she goes in and her, you're waiting to meet her son. And yes, her son is. is locked in the room. And it kind of sets the scene that he's a little bit demonic. She's too frightened to open the door. So he's locked in from the outside. What she then does is she rings a, I think it's a vicar. Uh, she rings a vicar and um, you're not sure what's happening yes. yet. But she rings a vicar. She gets him to come round um, and they're having this conversation. She's been grooming him. So she's been lining him up for this and he's come around and he thinks he's helping and she 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 makes this point of saying to him are you a good person and you think oh this is a little bit weird um and it results the the gist of it it results where she she opens her son's door and she pushes the vicar in and then she goes and locks herself in the bathroom because she can't bear to watch yes now, i i was kind of of the opinion she like you're initially thinking, right, this kid's possessed and um, she's had bad experience with priests before or something like that. But it's not that at all. <laughs> no, because you find out much, much later in the book. But basically her son is, is you find out quite early on that he's a mind eater. Yes. Um, so straight away you realise that they can birth book eaters or mind eaters. It doesn't matter. It's just the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but you find out much later on that, and it proves to be quite significant, that they, they can take on the personality traits of who they eat. 
Holy crap. Which was, it, it was quite cool. And that feeds in across the book. And that's why she's always saying, are you a good person? Because she's she doesn't want this kid who's only, I think he's only about five. Yeah, he's only five years old. Yeah, uh, to to have to take on the personality traits of someone who is, is, is cruel. So much so, but though when he does... When he when he does do when he actually devours part of their mind, yeah, he does take on the traits of the person to a disturbing effect that he starts quoting parts of the Bible to her in this she, man's just voice. Yeah. yeah. So and to to the idea of her having to deal with the fact that she has given this innocent to yeah. a certain respect, to her son to eat and then have to sit there and listen to that voice come yeah. back at her confused and not quite sure, but at the same time questioning everything. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it takes it to another level. And I mean, this is this is the beginning of the book. This is not the middle of the book. This is the beginning the of very, the book. The very, very beginning, hence why early spoiler flaws. Yeah, um, and then uh, so do you find that out? And and she's built. She's obviously done it before because she's built this system of disposing of the bodies because they they live. A lot of them live, um, but because of the way that they, you find out later that they feed. It's basically they've got uh, instead of having like she's got, which is book teeth. They've got a tubular tongue, mm. um, which goes in through the ear and accesses the bit of brain that they they need to access. So when they live, unless you gave them a full MRI, they they look untouched. So yes. she takes them to homeless shelters and leaves them with a bottle of booze on the doorway of, of the homeless shelters so that they just look like they're, they're homeless people, drug addicts, alcoholics um, and stuff like that that are, are trying to seek help. And people just assume. But Do there's you... nothing left of them. They're a shell. Do you know, it's kind of just, as we've been talking about it, it's now knowing what I know about the author. Yeah. It's taken the relationship of book eaters and mind eaters to a different level because obviously it feels to me that mm. mind eaters are like, almost like spectrum. Yeah. Because they adapt, they like they learn from watching and devout yeah. like from people yeah. and take on personal personality traits yeah and the idea of like understanding say like pros and things like that yeah is really a struggle and they can't yeah. get <gasps> it's brought on a whole new level when you get where she's yeah. coming from in her personal life it, it it's good. Oh um, God, this has made it Neville for me. I love this book even more. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, <gasps> and then we. <laughs> but then what happens is we flash back to her childhood. Yes. And her childhood, she's in this um, palatial country, country yeah. manor in the middle of nowhere, Yorkshire. Yeah, and and she's she's running barefoot and, and playing in the With fields in a, in, yeah and you know any anyone who doesn't know York, yorkshire's not somewhere really that you want to ideally be playing barefoot in the winter <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah so you you, you you've, she's already lined you up for that they're they're unaffected by the elements um you get some background there of the dynamics of the relationship. There's someone that's called uncle. You, you get a vibe of the aunties, the relationships that she has with her, her brothers, one brother in particular, which becomes quite significant later in the story. And she meets this guy and she is so naive. And the only knowledge that she, because they're so protected and isolated, the only knowledge that she has really of the outside world is from the books that she's digested. But you find out that the books that they're fed as children, particularly if they're girls, are heavily restricted and are very princess focused yeah, all, and fairy It is tales. where the boys get more adventure stories and things like that. Yeah. But there's, it's all very traditional and their whole lives, even though it's set, I think, possibly what, the 80s, um, it feels mm. very Victorian. Yeah, and that's just, I think, where those traditions have been handed down and handed down. Yeah. She meets this guy who's wandering through the woods and he thinks she's a little bit old because she's running around barefoot, but she's this cute little thing. Um, and she ends up taking him back to the house. And he's a journalist. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and she ends up taking him back to the house and the uncle, who is the head of the family of the, the patriarch, says to her, you need to go upstairs now and you can treat yourself to, to a book. She That's how she's distracted because she's so curious about this bloke. So she goes upstairs. As a side note, she goes upstairs. Instead of eating the book from the bookshelf that she's supposed to eat it from, she nicks, I think it's Jane Eyre or something like that. <laughs> when, um, when I she, read that, I was like, ooh, Michelle won't like that bit. <laughs> no, she could have done better. Um <laughs> And she she takes this this book and she she has this kind of almost um, life changing moment mm. where she she thinks to herself instead of eating it why don't I read it because they're not supposed to no. read them why don't I read it and so she she snuggles it away um, to stash it for later and then once she's done all of this and she's hidden a book and she's read a couple of chapters of it she then suddenly remembers the journalist and goes downstairs and he's not there anymore. Um, and he's been sent to another family, is what she's told. I think his surname was Patel. Mr. Patel. Yeah, can't remember, but this yeah. poor guy's been shipped off. And, and straight away, you've got, reading between the lines, you've got this, well, that's not going to end well Definitely. for him, it was all it? very, there was the whole thing where he was sat in the room with the uncle, and it felt so, mm. like, from her point of view, what was so magical, from the, because it's, from the child's point of view, from Devon. Yes. And the way she's describing it is not eerie or creepy at all, but yet the conversation no. they're having, you felt so tense. Because you, as an adult, yeah. you know. You, you know, like, you're like, oh, no, read the room. Oh, read the room. But a five-year-old, you know, I, I think she was nine or something, and you can't read the room when you're that no. age. Um especially not when she had been so sheltered and treated like but a princess. But it was so magically done, wasn't it, in that respect? Like, yeah. You're speaking like a child would speak and how they're seeing it, but yet at the same time, I'm feeling that intensity is amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some more jumping about, um, but something you get a glimpse of is um, they refer to the the, the dragons, yes. they call them. Um and the dragons are mind eaters and you kind of gleam as the book goes on that the mind eaters are very vampire in this sense of that they can't control yeah, their Yeah, they're hunger. treated very much like second, second um, class citizens in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got these things that are called the knights and the knights are supposed to be impartial uh, and kind of run everything for the families on an impartial setting. We find out later that they arrange the marriages, they escort people to the marriages, deal with family disputes. Yada, and those yada, are yada. book eaters as well um, that but... haven't obviously been chosen to yes. continue the family lines. Yeah. Um, you, But the, the knights have control over dragons. So they have their dragons a lot, they're enforcers, they're mm -hmm. soldiers, and they talk to them in Latin and they just do what they're told. You find out that the way that they control them is by giving them a drug that's called mm -hmm. redemption, um, which doesn't stop them from being hungry, but enables them to control it so they don't become savage yep. and feral. That's really relevant because when you bounce back to her son through the book, what she's looking for is getting her hands on redemption yes. for her son. Uh, which you find out he had for the first three years of his life, but now she's not And hence why it. she's having to revert to feeding him. Yes. One of the flashbacks to when she's a kid, um, she sees the knights turn up. Can't remember what for, but she sees the knights turn up for something. Um, and they've got crash helmets and stuff. And she knows that the dragons will be placed in the library of the home. That's where they're going to be left while the grown-ups and the knights yes. talk. And she says to her brother... Um, that she's already got a bit of a fickle relationship with, uh, says to her brother, I want to see the knights. They're going to be in the library. You know, I'm, I'm going to go and see them. And he's like, oh, no, it's a bad idea. And she's like, oh, you're not as ballsy as you said you were. The language that I'm using is not reflective of the book. The, the book is, is suit the language that is used suits the, yes. the book. But that's the gist of it. So they go and break into the library. Um, and they, it's a bit hair-raising, and he doesn't really want to go, but he goes because she's essentially called him a chicken. They get into the library, they find the dragons, and the dragons are facing the wall. Uh, and then they hear her, and they turn around, and they start chasing them. And they're trying to run out the library, and as they run out the library, they bump into uh, a knight, who essentially is the, we find out later, is the head of the yes. order. He gives a, a command, and um, the, the dragons are, are called off and go back. And then he says to her, we don't punish the girls. 
but what you will learn with the error of your ways is that others will pay the price for you <sighs> yeah and you like fuck it you know like and and what he then does is he says i think that the brother will now come and be a knight we're going to take him back with us and he's going to be a knight and the brother doesn't want to be nope. a knight he was lined up to be the patriarch of the family but the knights have got such influence but that's it. He's off now. He's being taken away to be. And this has such a ricochet impact on the rest of the story. Yeah, um, you you do find out much later that it, it's the knight's training is is basically a form of abuse. And it torture. is. It's absolute brutality. Yeah. We flash back to current day, and this is where you find out that she's after this redemption. She's been reaching out to people. Uh, she finds what she thinks is a human who has been manufacturing the drugs that make redemption. You also find out that the only family with the recipe for redemption um, have now had kind of an internal civil war and are now no longer making redemption. The, the, it's not Ravenclaw, but it's like that. It's like Ravenslaw or something like yeah. that. The ra- we'll call them the Ravens. That's yeah, easier. That's sorry, Sydney. Sorry, <laughs> We, we do have awful memories. And the fact that we're remembering so much about your book yes. is a testament of how good it was. Um, <laughs> so she, she's got this appointment to go and meet this this guy, supposedly. She gets there. No one rocks up. Um, but she gets chatting to this woman in the pub. And straight away, you're a little bit like, that's convenient, isn't it? Because this woman's quite out of, of place in this pub. She's very well dressed. She's, I, I did love that she describes her as a smelling of expensive cigarettes. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, I like um, her. It's not cool. Smoking's bad for you. For anyone who's listening, smoking's bad for you. Don't do it. <laughs> and she gets, she, <laughs> she gets um, chatting to her. And then she has a, a, a flashback. Um, so she meets this woman. She she has another flashback. But this time it's to when she's, she's getting married. And she describes getting married um, and what he does to her. He he, he drugs her, essentially. Yeah, the, this is it? her when first marriage where it was like she, yeah. she knew what was up. Almost to an extent knew what was expected to her. Expected of her, sorry. And it was all very traditional as it should be as they were brought up to believe and again very victorian wasn't it you know like not quite sure what's going to happen yeah um but he was quite nancy yeah it takes her to the room like he he's not really interested in her himself to be honest i mean no his initial when on their initial meeting he refers to her she's too tall because he's a very slight man i to be honest i don't even think he was straight no, I got that Definitely vibe. Definitely not. But it was a thing they both had to do to keep the family line alive. Yeah. And you think, oh my God, you know, this is where she's had her, her, her baby. I think that he probably drugged both of them, to be honest, in that circumstance, not just himself. Yeah, yeah. probably. Because um, he does he does get high. He describes these little, because uh, they're book eaters, and this is a very posh family, whereas hers is a little bit sort of country house. This is, the is very posh. The description of the They've banquet, got... Michelle. For the wedding. Yeah, it was so cool. And the, I wanted one of these little origami, origami swans that apparently get you high as, as Oh, God, as hell. yes. I was like, how pretty. Um, That's so cute. <laughs> but no, they, 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 they mould the books and pages into a full wedding banquet meal. So it looks like food. Like They even make stuff look like lettuce, don't they? It's cr- oh, it was so beautiful the way she described it yeah oh my god um but yeah so he, he drugs her you find out that mm. she's pregnant um she goes through this this ordeal with this pregnancy uh, she has uh, a baby but then you you're straight away you're reading this and you're like oh well this is where kai is from um her son that she's just fed well no this is this is the first child isn't yeah but it? you don't this know that sense. at that point Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. So Oops. Yeah. So you're reading it and you think, oh, well, this is where Kai came from. And it isn't because then she starts describing having a a girl that she that is called Salem. Yes. Straight away, one of the aunts wants to separate her. Uh, she says she's over bonding with the child, doesn't she? Well, what, can, I, can I just add though as well? I think this is what speaks to this guy's character as well. He didn't want to be in it as much as she yeah. didn't. She was screaming and roaring in absolute agony 
while the when the baby was on its way mm. when she started contracting and he just came in because it was bothering him the noise yeah but it was it was the the aunties that were like no we can't give her anything no this is the traditional way it's mm. like she's in pain give her something shut her up yeah well he says i, I can't yeah. even take a piss without hearing someone scream yeah <laughs> so in a, it was almost an act of kindness yeah <laughs> But I think no. But I think he did go like, no, she's in pain. Give her something. Yeah, I think that was never mind all this. Quite practical, wasn't he? It was in that. But respect. coldly so. True, but it's a parallel to later on her experience. Yeah, um, and then she, she, you know, now that hang on a minute, that's not her first kid because that's not her son. Um, yeah. And then she jumps back to the pub where she's talking with this woman. This woman is called Hester, um, and. She gets chatting with her and, and ends up take. She does say something to Hester, and Hester goes, "Oh," and you kind of get an inkling that Hester knows who she is and what she is. But, yeah. But she goes. Um. She says to Hester, rough language. She says to Hester, "Do you know? Do you want to come back to mine?" Hester says, "Okay." Um. And they go back, and when they get back to the house, she knows that Kai needs feeding, and she turns around and she says to Hester, "Are oh, you a good person?" And you know, yeah. Well, I know what's happening here. <laughs> To be honest, though, did you think that's where it was going initially? I thought, I thought she, I thought Hester was significant. I thought that there was something, but I didn't think it would be what it was. I, I didn't think she was taking her to feed him initially. I thought it was a timeout moment for herself, but then mm. it was a case of, ah. I've actually wasted, not wasted time. I've enjoyed myself here in this moment and I've fudged up. Yes. Oh, because she does I like Hester. Bring, yeah, that I need to bring someone back. But you, I felt there was there was a spark there in that conversation between them. Oh, yeah, right from the beginning, because she's quite open in the pub with her and quite revealing, because she even thinks to herself, oh, I said too much there. Mm, mm. Um. She yeah, and so she says to Hester, because um, Kai has has fed. I think she's trying, if I remember rightly, she's trying to feed Kai again because they're going to have to move on, and she needs him fed before they move on. Yes. Um, and she says to Hester, you know, I'm just going to the loo, and she goes and locks herself in the loo, and she makes as she goes into the loo, she she makes a a, a coded phone call. Um, in the sense that they speak through tones, like Morse code on the phones, on the handsets. Because yes. obviously she can't text. Yeah. Again, it's the same as writing. And you you hear something kick off outside and she thinks this is it. And then it goes quiet and she, she hears them talking. She hears Kai and, and Hester talking and she's like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, she goes out and she, she talks to Hester and that's where we find out that Hester is, as she is part of this family that makes redemption and is in a civil war. And she's been sent to try and find um, Devon to see if she's legit or if she's a trap. Yeah, because they've obviously everyone's heard about her. But we don't know why, but everybody has heard We don't know why, but they're all aware of her. Yeah. They kind of make an uneasy alliance, um, and Devon agrees to go with Hester back to the family's base, uh, who make redemption. And part of that is Kai. Kai wants to go. He wants a solution. And Devon is essentially, she's got her back against Well, she doesn't really have any choice. Um, While she's packing her bag, she... Mentions that she's packing 20 grand's worth of cash. She's got a satchel she always gives on her with just 20 grand's worth of cash. And you think, that's a lot of money. Um, and then Hester says, oh, we might want to speed it up because there's knights out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they end up making a dash, but the knights are onto them. The knights start following them. They make it to a train station. Hester is badass, pulls out a pistol from her bag and just completely dead shots, like four or five of them straight away with headshots. Just go bang, 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 bang. I love it. Yeah. Um, Devon also shows the level of strength that she's got at this point because there's a bit when this chase is going on, they're trying to get away and the train that they want is pulling away. She picks up Hester and she picks up Kai and she leaps. And she does this amazing, death-defying leap and makes it to the train just in time. Um, You also realise that one of the knights is her brother that's chasing them. 
I mean, we're not doing it justice here. You are proper holding your the breath. whole way through. Yeah, you need to read it to believe it. It's yeah. Um, it's like you're there, like you air punch at the end of it when yeah. she gets on, on that train. <laughs> um, it jumps back again, and you find out that her husband. Um, so this is back to where she's had Salem. Her husband has made an uneasy uh, alliance with her. He said, okay, we'll, we'll make an agreement where you can stay and bring Salem up because the aunt's already tried separating them, saying they're over bonding. Um, and then it's it's Salem's birthday and one of the old aunts comes and gets her and says, he wants to speak to you. Oof. Yeah. And she goes, what now? And he goes, she, yeah. And she goes up there and he goes to Ryan, oh, you know, I need you to drink this drink. Um, and then I'll explain to you what's going on. She drinks the drink and then she wakes up and she's back at her house, her original home house. She's been returned. Mm. Um, and she's made to feel really, really stupid. They're like, you know, a century's worth of traditions are not going to be changed just for you. Um, and she screams and she shouts. And so harsh. Yeah, the, the husband comes and sees her. And, and again, you know that it's just pure manipulation. He says to her, you know, these are your choices. You can either complete your second marriage. Um, and when, when Salem is 10 years old, I'll allow you to come to her birthday party. And I will tell yeah. her about you until then. Or I will just tell her that her 10th birthday that you just didn't want to come. So again, she, she's lost. I mean, she, there is a bit where she makes a dash and she tries to make it back to the kid but she gets captured by her brother with the knights and the dragons um, yeah they're just waiting and watching the whole time yeah and they're, they're they're bastards and he he's quite sadistic you can tell he enjoys it i mean she puts up a good fight but they they they, they get her yeah uh, flashes back to the train and on the train the brother who's a nasty piece of work and kills one of the conductors Ramsey thinks yeah he, he comes rambling down the train following them where they think they're safe he's pretending to be a ticket conductor she sees him says to the other two right go and go down the end and I'll get the tickets and he's got this transmitter in his hand oh my god and you, yeah, yeah he, he and he's making a point of keeping it and he goes to you know I can push this button anytime and you later find out that basically he's they have implanted Kai with a bomb in his stomach yeah. So you can't, and he's he, you find out here as well that he's been blackmailing her to try and get into this house that sells and manufactures the redemption because he wants to know how to to make redemption because as an order of the knights all the dragons are going feral and all the knights are just going home. So his whole what's now his whole life is disintegrating. Mm-hmm. Um. You one bit that was really sad for me. So they make this dash and they end up in this cottage. We won't, won't go into all of it and make it to this this little cottage where they're hiding out. Um, and everybody goes to bed. And she stands by the window and she rests her head on the window. And she'd said earlier in the night, someone said to her, what are you going to do? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm, it was at the pub to Hester. Hester says, you know, what are you doing late? And she's like, oh, I'm going to hold a vigil for someone I lost. And she stands at this window and rests her head at the window and she is holding a, a token of Salem's. And it, you find out that it, that is actually Salem's 10th birthday. Oh, and her heart is is absolutely breaking. And you realise at that point, because um, there is reference earlier in the book to her killing her husband. So Hester says, oh, you know, you're the one who killed your husband. We've heard all about you. Yes. Um, and you find out that it wasn't her first husband that she killed. No. Because she takes solace in the fact that at least she is safe. Yeah, she's with people that will take care of her even if it's not in the way that she wants them to be taken care of no because who would want that life for their kid after what she's been through yeah there was also a bit in here i can't remember if it what section but there's a bit where kai is explaining to her what it's like after he's eaten and he says to her i remember the first time he hurt you oh my god Yes. No, I think that's after we find out everything, isn't it? Oh, I, I don't, it was really, really powerful. Um, it just, it knocked you for six. Yeah. And, and it's before you find out about her second marriage, I think. But that, no, you're like, shit. Um, imagine that your five-year-old son remembers the first time someone hurt you. Oh, my God. Because, uh, as we said, he takes on all their memories yeah. of those. So then you kind of see, it's like, well, he he's tasted his father yeah um so there's a big clue there to what happens yeah next. but you can miss it if you blink you miss it it's not too late you go ah 
So subtle. I love it. I love it. She's so good. She um, so she decides. It does flashback. She's decided to toe the line. She's decided to do her second marriage in the the dream that she would be able to see Salem again. Um, yeah, that's all she's clinging on for is the whole thing. I will just put my head down, get through this, and and I'll never I get be that attached back. to the second child. I'll make sure. No, nope. and... means nothing. It's all about Salem. Yeah, and she gets taken to this this second wedding, and basically the guy's a right nasty piece of work. He's into sex trafficking, it's a slave labor, human human slavery. Yeah, as well. Yeah, it's but he's horrific. But she um. She reminisces about his younger brother, her husband's younger brother. And I did at this point think, oh, is she going to have a little bit of nook with the brother? But she didn't. Um, but he's really kind to her and he introduces her to, to gaming, like PlayStation and stuff like that. Video, Yeah, video games and stuff. He's a, such a sweet, sweet, sweet guy. Yeah, and he, he really kind of, of, of looks after her and they, they grow this bond. Um, as much as he can in that world. yeah. Um, and he does, he talks to her about getting her out and stuff like that. Um, he talks about his sister that they had yeah, as well. Yeah, that you don't see, that's been sent away, very Victorian again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a nasty piece of work. Anyway, she she ends up getting knocked up, which was inevitable. Violently, which is referred to. Yeah. Not, it, it doesn't go explicit in this. It's something that is said later on when she talks about her experiences of marriage. Yeah. When, oh no, it's like, could you imagine when someone brings up, can you, you know, if you imagine that would happen to Salem, what happened to you? Yeah. And then she pictures her five-year-old. She says, I can picture my, but I can't think of my yeah. five-year-old having her uh, skirt hitched up. Yeah. On her and her face pressed into a pillow, so you can kind you, you know well. It didn't go well. Yeah. It was it was horrible yeah. what happened in that second one. Um, it flashes back to the current day, and the her brother Ramsey is a complete fruit loop, and he has arranged to meet all the remaining knights in a church with the the leader. The leader is the one that um, made him be a knight in the first place that he used to have respect for. And now old and doddery and he's blaming him for everything. And he walks into this church and he basically performs a, a single-handed coup and just kills the leader. So, yeah, moving forward, some other stuff is happening. Um, Devon keeps dreaming of hell, which was really well described. Mm. Um, and then she manages, she, uh, you find out through the, through her reminiscing that um, Jarrow, which was the name of her second husband's brother. That was it. That's who she's in contact with and talking through through tones because she makes another phone call when Hester and her son go to buy a car. She makes another phone call and she says to him, it won't be long. Yeah. Because um, they talk rather than tones. You also find out that the way that she learnt Morse code was after she had Kai. Um, something awful happened. Um, and the second husband tried killing her, basically, and Jarrow got involved. And he, the husband had tried strangling her so badly that she could no longer talk. So Kai oh. comes in and, and says to her, if you eat this Morse code book, although it'd be hard, eat the Morse code book, and then you'll be able to tell the people what you need. Because yes. I've made the aunties eat the book as well. That's how she knows Morse code. Because it's not technically writing. No, it's not. It's, it's bits and bops, isn't it? Yeah. Dits and dots. So, and that's why they use the tones on the phone um, and tapping. So they couldn't write Morse code with the dots and the slashes, but they can sound it out. It's their workaround. Mm-hmm. She, they've, they've got this car. She already knows that Ramsey is going to be sending a couple of nights after her to make it look good to earn Hester's trust. When he rocks up, she just kills him to make it not just to make it look good you can hear in her head she has decided that no he can just die so she kills him she, yeah um, she runs him off the road when she finally gets to uh, the house with Hester so where Hester's family is a guy walks down the stairs and she recognizes that it's the journalist from when she was a kid yes Mr Patel right as they get there Hester also whispers to her you're going to hear things about me I didn't mean to lie I'm really sorry but, you know, I, I did have to lie and keep things from you because he told me to. And when she says he, she means her brother, who is now the patriarch of the house. She gets there and she suddenly realises, she walks into the dining hall and she suddenly realises that they're all mind eaters. 
Every single fucking one of them. <laughs> Every last one of the ravens is a mind eater. Is a mind eater. And that's probably one of the reasons that they um, generated and made redemption because nobody knew that they were mind eaters. They Every other family member would send their mind eaters to be dragons with the knights. But this one little family with their redemption decided, actually, we're going to keep ours. Um, but they play it being book eaters because they think they're like next level don't they yes you realize very very quickly that uh i can't pronounce his name kill kill killuk 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 which is hester's brother and now the head of these mind eaters because there's been a divide um and there's been a coup wasn't there yeah and all that's left ironically now is the mind eaters yeah, because he killed his father. And what did he do with his father? What did he do, Michelle? He <laughs> ate his brain. Num, 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 num. So when this coup goes on, he... He mined at him. Yeah, he was trying to get the recipe. They were they guarded the recipe very, very tightly. Um, and only one in every generation would know the entire recipe. And um, his dad wouldn't give it to him. So he ate him. Yeah. Um, he ate his mind to get the recipe. So as well, it's it's like, but the fact that he ate so much of it, it's like a dual personality. And it's all it's all going horribly wrong. And now he's insane. Yeah, because you you shouldn't they shouldn't consume that much knowledge. It can drive him batty, which it does. And he ends up having like a god complex. Yeah, there's this whole weird ceremony, isn't there, where they have to go and they've only just arrived, Ooh. and he makes them go to a church, and then he pulls a blanket off, and there's a person tied in this cage and then he eats them he's and he, he's calling it communion oh yeah it goes very cult-like very very quickly she ends up making a deal with the journalist because the journalist no one realized never really underestimated when she says to him why are you still alive how are you still alive it's because the mind eaters and the um, book eaters can't read and write so Killock's dad kept the journalist around to do his writing and his accounts and his logs and all that sort of stuff for him and his correspondence. Because, yeah, because he was such a vain fuck as well. <laughs> it was super vain fuck. Um, but by chance, you then find out that that means that the, the journalist, Mr. Patel, he knows the recipe. Yeah. So he's got something to bargain with. So she more or less turns around and says to him, look, mate, we're, we're going to do a bunk. I've got a plan. Um. And she does have a plan because she sorted that out earlier in the book, which we've missed. She sorts that out earlier in the book with Jarrow and his sister. You get to meet his sister, Vic, earlier in the book. Um, and they're going to come and, and save the day. Um, so she's got it all lined out. And he goes, OK, I'll come with you if that's for me. So he is arranged to he's got to bring all the redemption that's already made and the recipe. That's his end of the bargain. And she'll get him out because they've hobbled him and stuff. So he can't run. Um, yeah. They've proper gone old school on him and he's trapped. She then tells um Kai cottons on that something's not quite right um, and he finds her mobile phone and he says you know what's this who's been texting you who have you been ringing and she ends up telling him everything and he's really upset because she lied to him and she says it's really hard because I see you as a five-year-old and I forget that you you're actually 24 adult people because that's yeah. that's what his kill count is um, and she promises never to lie to him again. And she tells him everything. She tells him about Vic. She tells him about Jarrow, the plan to escape, the journalist. She also reaches out to um, Hester and said, because she really likes Hester, um, and has said to her, there's some sweet moments there, and says to her, look, you know, I'm doing a bunk. Do you want to come? I'm letting you know the knights are coming and we've got to get out of here before the knights come. And she also tells Hester everything. She says, no, I've been setting you up. I've been here because of the bomb in Kai and stuff like that. Gets to the night when she's she's going to um, do the bunk. Well, Annette, do you want to take this bit? I've rabbited quite enough. This bit. No, no, I'm I'm Lila. It's like I'm listening to the story again. <gasps> Go on, I'm lost now. You've lost me. <laughs> well, it kicks off, doesn't it, Annette? Yes, and I, I've gone blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it kicks off big time. So she sees um, she. She's getting ready to leave. She goes down to the town. She buys a load of, of stuff for them to do their bunks and clothes and bits like that because she's lost everything on the train and the, the, the escape. 
she was really sweet. She Hester loses her handbag when they're trying to do a bunk, and <gasps> she feels really really bad about it. And she sees this Chanel handbag. Oh, this beautiful little piece in the window, doesn't she? Yeah, and so she, she more than she would never spend it even on herself. Yeah, and she she buys it, and she's got Kai with her. Um, and she buys it, and even Kai turns around and, and says to her, you've never spent that much on me. <laughs> um, and anyway, she she buys this handbag, and she goes back, because she's told Hester the, the full story, and Hester's a bit pissed off, understandably. Um, and she says to, to Hester, look, I'm going, here's a, a handbag for you. You know, thank you, sorry about your other handbag. You're welcome to come. If you're coming, meet me here. Um, it gets to the night where she goes to meet the journalist. She walks in, her and Kai walk in. They're bricking it because they can't see the fucking journalist. Um, but he appears out of nowhere and he's got a suitcase and a notebook and he's kept his end of the bargain. Um, and she then suddenly starts to hear motorbikes in the background. And that's how the nights travel. Yes. And the fucking brother has decided that he's coming early. So he's already reneging on the deal. She says, fucking hate yeah. Ramsey. So she says to, to the journalist and to Kai, run, I'll be with you, because she can hear Hester out the front. Yeah, if I'm not back in a certain amount of time, take him and, take him and go. Yeah, and she says to the journalist, he knows where to go. He knows where the, where the car is. Um, but she doesn't tell the journalist just because she thinks it's better if Kai's the only one who knows so that he can't be dumped. Um, and she goes outside and Hester has been arguing with her brother, who's a loony tomb, we've already mentioned. And she says, you know, they're here early and they, they it all kicks off. They, they All of a sudden they're swamped by knights and dragons and it's kicking off um, and the dragons are raiding the house and the knights are going in and, and the knights traditionally carry a little blade. Um, and there's lots of hacking and cutting and fighting within the family and you can hear people screaming and, and all sorts. And you can hear the guns going off because Hester's family are quite big on guns. You kind of get a theme from that. Whereas yes. the, the knights have gone in all traditional and honourable. They do a bunk and, and Ramsay sees her trying to do a bunk. Um, Hester's with her 100% and they, they go running to, to go and meet the other two. Brother chases them. All fucking kicks off. The the brother um, tries shooting at them and he catches Hester in the arm. Hester pulls out her gun and shoots a load of people because she's got a replacement gun now. She shoots a load of people and they run and they end up going up this spiral thing, like castle thing, and they're up the top. It's They're, they're huddling down. They're there. They're ready to go. But now she's got to do battle with the brother. Oh, yeah, it's the showdown between Devon and Ramsay. Yeah, and I mean, he... He's he's got a crossbow. He's picked up a crossbow from somewhere. Can't remember where, but he's picked up a crossbow from somewhere because he's run out of bullets. And he shoots, and it hits Hester. So mm-hmm. this is someone that Devon, for the first time in a long time, clearly cares about. Hasn't cared yeah. about for anyone in a long long time. And she's just consumed with this fear for her son, this rage at her brother, and this sense of loss because it's it, it's a gut wound is what you it, it's hit Hester in the stomach. Um, she goes out and she does some really, really brutal battle um, with the brothers. There's lots of rolling around. There's lots of fighting. Um, it all really goes horribly wrong. And um, she almost wins. He almost wins. And then he is winning. He's strangling her. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees Kai coming down the stairs. <sighs> and she, he's creeping up. And it's... It's quite, it's quite scary and it's quite sad because she doesn't want him to, she knows what's going to happen. He's going to protect his mum and he's going to eat Ramsay's brain. Yeah. But if he eats Ramsay's brain, that means he's going to take on some of the personality traits. He's going to take on all the memories of of Ramsay. But he does it and she marvels at how he does it. Um, She says like they're they're quite uh, chimp-like that they've le- he's learnt to hang on when people resist him and Ramsay's flailing around trying to throw him off. Um, yeah. And then Ramsay's left on the floor and Ramsay's is, is, is no longer Ramsay. He's on his Thank one. dribbling mess. God. And she, she has fucked him up a bit. I think she stabbed him by this point with a pair of shears as well. You know, so he's, mm. he's on his way out. And she goes to him, she makes sure that Kai's all right. Um, Because Kai's laying there panting. He goes, yeah. She goes, I'm just going to check on Hester. She runs upstairs. And this is Hester, someone that you kind of get a vibe for, that she's fallen for. And she gets up there and and she's in a bit of a panic and she can see the arrow and that. And she's like, no, it's okay. It hit my Chanel bag. (laughs) Not the bag. 
bag. <laughs> so the bag that she brought stopped the bolt from doing anything more than grazing her. And he was like, yeah, uh, I like it. Um, I wish I'd died instead of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel. That would be us, in it? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what this thing would go for on eBay? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and then they make it to, to the car and they sail off. Now, there is absolute... I mean, when she, she goes off, she, she says to Kai, are, are you all right? And he says, yeah. And there's this whole bit where she says he didn't blame you, you know. Deep down, he didn't blame you for, go, for, oh. for making you be in it. Because she's carried this guilt from trying to see the dragons in the library all the way through. Yeah. Um, and whereas they're, they're sailing off, because their aim is to get to Ireland, because apparently there's no bookie, your family's left in Ireland. Um, and she, she, they're talking, and, and Kai says, "What? but what about Salem? And she says, when we're better, when we're safe, I'll come back for Salem. Because she knows that she's got eight years left before she's married off. So she's got eight years to get back to get her kids. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of it kind of ended. Um, but it ended very quickly. And it was a bit like, whew. Yeah, well, I will say she doesn't have any plans currently for a follow-up book. I don't think she should. No, the whole... The, let, I don't know, maybe does Salem get her own one? Do we just leave it all together? No, I think you should leave it. I think you should leave it all together. I think that everything in there, anything that leaves you... So there's a difference between wanting more. So you can get books where you're just like, actually, that ending was shit and it didn't answer anything. You get those kind of books. This yeah. isn't one of those kind of books. This book doesn't leave you in the sense where you want more because things are unanswered. This leaves you craving more. There we go. And when you're craving more, that's a good time to finish. If you think of all the TV series and stuff that we've watched and the first four seasons have been absolutely amazing and then all of a sudden you find yourself watching season 13 and you're like, this is pointless. It's absolutely <laughs> pointless. Why am I watching this shit? Because it's lost its <laughs> sparkle. Sometimes you have to know when to leave it. And I, I liked this book because it left me craving more. I didn't need more. I didn't want more. I craved no. more. And that's the difference. No, I did, as well as that whole main storyline, which is epic, it's just the little side stories about people and their realisations about themselves. Like, yeah. when Devon discovers who she really is, it, yeah. there's, there's just little hints when she when she refers to going into uh, uh, one of the forbidden libraries in her family home, yeah. and there was, uh, a, I learnt about lesbians by reading this book, yes. and I found it interesting. And then when she's when in the house with Jaro, when they you both meet and yeah. they get to know each yeah. other, and his family kind of dismiss him. That's why he's left alone to his own devices, mm. playing video games because he'll never be. Yeah. A bearer of the family name, yeah. so he gets shipped because he likes boys. Yeah. And then she goes, "Well, I like girl," and that's her moment when she was actually, "I like women." Yeah. But I, we do what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just little little sub stories like that. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like. It's just, it's just, it's, it's everything's just so natural. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's subtle. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh, it just hits so many levels, and it's just with such a point of view that's actually, it's so simple yeah. and linear, but yeah. yet complicated and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, just, there's so much. I mean, I don't know how long we've been chatting for. We probably for ages, and there is so much in this book that we haven't covered. Definitely. I mean, the relationships between the aunties and the and the brides, yeah. and and then the relationships between the the men yeah. in these stories as well. I mean, you. You could diagnose. This could be like an entire university course getting through this book. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's it is so good, and it's there is so much more in it than you realise even when you're reading it. I think it's. I think if you only read it once, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it might be something to revisit for sure. 
But no, I, I liked it. I was really pleasantly surprised. I went in blind. This was your, you know, you just said to me, can we do this one instead? I was like, yeah. I was having a meltdown. I was like, yeah, whatever you want. Just tell me the name. Um, <laughs> and it was, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was great. It was, it was really, really good. It's not overly taxing, but it is enough to keep you going and keep you interested. And yeah, I liked it. liked it a lot. I will be keeping my eye out for her for sure. Definitely. I mean, this is a lot of you know I have my certain comfort zones when it comes to horror. Yeah. And sometimes Michelle gets me out of those realms. Yeah. And it don't always work out. <laughs> sometimes, but not often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in this respect, I kind of thought, like I said before, I want to say I want to kind of gently gear yep. my way into something the more the fantasy genre which is more like michelle's realm she loves that kind of thing yep. but this is i mean even for what i thought was just gonna be a nice easy ease into it yeah no it was so much it's so much more complex but in a completely different way yes yeah it was good i liked it yay thumbs up Yay, loved it. We like her. We're going to be watching out for her for some more stuff. When's your next one? <laughs> ma, 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 ma. Um, yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, for our listeners, it was just announced. Oh, I mean, it'll be a little while down the line, but Annalie Adams has announced that she is doing another gruesome fairy tale. <laughs> You're hooked. I am. And it will be based on, from what she said on TikTok, Rumpelstiltskin. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be an interesting take, won't it? I'll throw that little tidbit in there at the end. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, I, I think I think that's it from us, isn't it? Yes. Any, any much more, my poor voice will be exhausted. Yeah, I think I can. <laughs> I need to, to go and make a cup of tea. Um, yes. We loved it. Go and buy it. Go and read it. Listen to it. Whatever floats your boat, but definitely give it a, a, a go. Oh, 100% give it a go. I mean, the book feels gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the, the, vo- the narration is perfect for the book. You can't go wrong either way. No. Um, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. We'll, you will, we'll drop in it in a couple of weeks. Uh, a ramble. Yeah, why not? You love a ramble, don't you? The rambles <laughs> are probably more popular than the book reviews. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's probably where they're like, well, I might as well go and read the book myself. <laughs> but that was oh, just to refresh that was part of our focus one of the challenges that we had to start off with was there was a couple of people who'd said to us i have to go to book club and i wish there was a quicker way than reading the book so you know yeah. if you're now go, if your book club is now going to do the book eaters we've given you enough to get by you're gonna love it you can be you can sound so good yeah you can sound so clever and anything that we haven't mentioned that someone else might mention all you've got to do is turn around and go i miss that bit Gosh, totally didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, go for it. <laughs> Power through. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. All right, don't forget to keep in contact with us on all the social medias as well as email, which you were told at the end of this episode. We really want to hear from you guys. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to get us further out there. Uh, can I have a special thank you, by the way, to Horrorflick Tab for sharing our last uh, episode promo on Instagram. Thank you so much. Woo-woo. It's my new favourite <laughs> sound. <laughs> thank you very much horror tab thank you guys right so uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next time see you later thank you for listening to another episode of two crones in a book if you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube and Facebook at Two Crones in a Book. And on Twitter, we are at Two Crones Pod. Or if you'd like to cut in contact with the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. Right, thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day.